0: Let's turn to Genesis chapter 4 as we pursue our study of lesser-known people of the Bible. And uh, we're just working our way through the alphabet here, um, very original and uh, uh, innovative style of study. And uh, how many know who Lamech is? There's actually a couple of Lamechs in the Bible, but we're going to study the more famous Uh, Lamech, he's found in Genesis chapter 4. I like to call Lamech the man who thought sin would protect him. Uh, He thought he would find protection in being a great sinner. He was a descendant of Cain. And uh, verse 17 gives us his history. And Cain knew his wife. This was his son. Uh, Cain knew his wife and bare Enoch. This is not the same Enoch, there's a lot of similarity in names, and he builded a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. And unto Enoch was born Ired, and Ired begot Mehujael, and Mehujael begot Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamech. So if you want to count all the names there, we come down one, two, Two, three, four, fifth generation from Cain, sixth generation from Adam, we have this fella named Lamech. Now, the first thing we find out about Lamech was that he was not satisfied with the status quo. He was not, uh, he thought that he just needed to do something. It says, And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other, Zillah, and Adah bare Jabel. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. And Zillah, she also bare Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Cain was Nama. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. And so, here we have the sword tale of Lamech. He, He was a man of great activity. Uh, He passed this on to his sons. His sons, it says, uh, Jabal was the father of all such as have cattle and dwell in tents. Now, what it means by cattle is normally in America, Europe, we think of cattle as big cows. uh, And and steers and beef and, and that kind of thing. My daughter asked me, one of them, is there such a thing as a boy cow? I said, no. Uh, you have bulls and you have cows. There's no such thing as a boy cow. And, uh, but the idea of cattle in the English in the year 1611 was anything that's in a herd. So if you have sheep, they were considered cattle. It was any animal that you raised domestically. He was the father of domestic uh, domestication of animals. And so uh, there's quite, uh, what, what can we say? I mean, there's, there's quite a business worldwide in domestication of animals today. We raise beef, we raise uh, mutton, we, uh, they domesticate all kinds of things. And uh, Italy, how many of you like your Parmesan cheese? That's sheep's milk. That's what gives it its different flavor, and you say, I'll never eat parmesan again. Well, how many of you know what goats eat? Anything that happens to be in the way. They will chew up tin cans and eat them. The goats really will. In fact, um, if you've ever been to Amish country, uh, down in Lancaster, Pennsylvania area, a goat is known as an Amish lawnmower. You can tie it up to a briar patch, and a goat will eat the briars. Uh, They will eat anything that they can get in their mouth. And yet, feta cheese is pretty good stuff, isn't it? And and so, we look at all of this stuff, all of these things, and it goes back to Lamech's son, Jabal. He was the guy that first started doing these things and teaching people how then... We come to the first nightclub entertainer, and that is Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Now, the harp would have been a stringed instrument. The organ would have been something that you would, at that time, more than likely blow into. Uh, It would have been the uh, first equivalent of a wind instrument, in fact, If you've ever been to an antique store or something, you can see the old organs back about the turn, the middle 1800s. They actually had pump pedals on the bottom, and you would sit there while you were playing the organ, and as loud as you wanted the organ, you would pump the pedals faster. Or if you wanted to play soft, you would pump them slow. But that organ, harmonica, The only difference between an organ and a harmonica is basically the size of the reeds. Uh, Organ has, some of them, 32 feet long. And, of course, you're not going to get enough wind to fill a 32-foot pipe by blowing in it. So you have to have, in the old days, they had men in the basement that actually pumped during the service. Could you imagine if they got tired in the middle of the song? The organ just quit playing. Uh, today we have electric motors that provide that. But the organ is, is something where wind passes over the reed and it, and it makes sounds. The uh, uh, saxophone is, is a wind instrument. Somebody said, you're a preacher. You ought to have enough wind to blow that thing. Yeah, uh, it works. But, uh, and then his last son was Tubal Cain. And if you say, boy, that name sounds like it has something to do with Cain, you guessed it. That's what it means. Uh, It means born of Cain. It means just like Cain. It said this boy is going to be like his great-great-great-great-grandfather. And Tubal Cain was an instructor. It tells us he was the one that began to develop and teach people how to melt metals, and we have what we call in history the bronze and the iron age. Now, what's so important about this is archaeologists go back and they try to make all of this in different time periods separated by thousands of years as man used to walk along, drag his wife by the hair of her head, and all they did was grunt at each other and eat raw meat. and uh, That's what you read about in the evolutionary books. Kids, the reason you have never read any of that is because they don't let you read those stupid books. Amen? These people were educated right from the beginning. They were people of great intellectual ability. Stop and think about brass is a mixture of metals... You have to melt the, the stone down, get the metal out of it, then you purify it, then you mix it together to get it to do what you want it to do. Different mixtures produce different types of steel, I mean different types of brass and iron. Uh, in fact, our radiators over here are still made out of iron. They're cast iron, very similar. It's good stuff. Now, you don't build a bridge out of iron because iron is very brittle. You can take a hammer. Please don't do this. And you can hit a radiator, and it will shatter like glass because iron is very brittle. If you ever have an old radiator you need to get rid of, uh, just make sure you wear a lot of protective clothing because that when it shatters like glass, it will actually fly up and hit you and cut you if you're not very careful. But you can take a whole radiator and put it in a five-gallon bucket if you wanted to. you got enough hammer and enough arm to swing it. Iron is very brittle. Brass, very flexible. And so he started all of these things. And now one of the things that is a, a very obscure passage, and he says, I have killed a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. Slain is actually the word that is used. And uh, everybody tries to make things up and try to figure this thing out. And, And I believe I've come to a simple conclusion here based upon his boast in chapter 24. He says, if Cain is going to be avenged sevenfold, how many remember that story? Cain murdered his brother Abel, and God said, you're going to be driven out from among men, you're going to wander, you're not going to be able to stay in any one location. And he said, anybody that finds me is going to kill me. And God said, if anybody kills you, I'll take vengeance on him sevenfold. And he put a mark on Cain so that if anyone found him and tried to kill him, they would know that they were going to endure God's judgment for doing so. Now, Lamech just says, I killed a man to my wounding, which means he killed, slain, he murdered a man, and in the process of killing that man, he was wounded. Was Cain wounded when he killed Abel? No. And apparently, there was a young man there, and he didn't do as much damage. You got to remember, this is a little bit of poetry that's involved here, and so there's A little bit of play on words, but the simple thing is, Lamech is responsible for double murders. He killed two people. He said, if killing one person gets seven times God's judgment, killing two people ought to get me 11 times, 70 and seven times. This is a mentality of wicked men, is it not? The more I sin, the more protection I will have. Isn't that what the drug dealers think out on the street? John Gotti, all the mafia guys? This is the mentality of sin. And this is why Lamech is in the Bible. This is why his story is there, to show us that some people think that sin will protect them. No, sin will never protect you. It will bring God's judgment upon your life. And that is the story of Lamech. I mean, you talk about somebody with activity. You talk about somebody that had to have some innate intelligence and produce some sons that uh, still affect the way we work and do things today. In all of our modern era, we still rely on these three boys and their traits. He was the one that started the whole thing. But God's judgment came upon him as it will on everyone else. Now, let's take a few minutes and look at a better L. Let's go to the book of 2 Timothy. How many of you know who Lois is? He says, oh, yeah, I remember Lois. Lois Clayton, right? That's Mrs. Clayton's name. Um, But uh, that's not the one we're looking at here. Lois, in the Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 1. There's only one verse that actually calls her name and gives us her story. But we'll just spend a few moments uh, and look at her tonight. Verse 5. Paul is writing to Timothy, he says, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Now this is Timothy's family history. When Paul was traveling on his second missionary journey, remember John Mark? And Barnabas had gone to Cyprus, so Paul didn't need to go there. He goes through the land of Asia visiting the churches, uh, what we would call modern-day Turkey, the churches they had started, and he gets to Derby, and he finds a young man named Timothy. And uh, we don't know the exact reasons and all of that, but I think Paul was quite desirous to have Uh, A young man such as John Mark, somebody he had hoped had a little more character and wouldn't quit the work like John Mark had, and he took Timothy, and Timothy became a great preacher. In fact, as a very young man, Paul would send him into other churches, and he said, listen, we got things started. Timothy, you stick around a while and straighten everything out and get things going. I mean, Timothy was quite a young preacher. In fact, Paul told Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. He said, but you be an example to the believers, you lead by your life. That's a great, great truth for all who want to name the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, uh, There are certain things, someone said, I see some gray hair there somewhere. I said, I welcome it. I really do. I look forward to gray hair. Uh, I finally have a right to say a few things that I didn't before because everybody thought I was too young to say them. And and, uh, so I don't mind this thing of getting a little older. There's some privileges there. Uh, But when you're a young preacher, you have to be careful what you say and how you say it. Or people are going to think you're just an arrogant little snot. And you say, boy, that's crude, but that's the truth now, isn't it? And so he said, Timothy, you lead by example, but I want you to understand something, Timothy. What you have isn't yours. The faith that you have dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois. Now, Lois is not a Hebrew name. The Hebrew equivalent of Lois is Naomi. Naomi pleasantness how they got lois out of naomi i don't know it's all greek to me cuz lois is a greek name and but in that translation of the language lois means pleasant one pleasantness and she had a greek name she lived in a greek part of the world Obviously, more than likely, she was not married to a Jewish man, even though she had Jewish faith. Her daughter certainly didn't marry a Jewish man. We know Timothy's father was a Greek, and that Timothy was raised uh, in the Greek society and in the Greek world. Paul had to take him aside and instruct him in an awful lot of things. And even uh, because he was half Jew and half Greek, Paul made sure that Timothy fulfilled all of the Jewish customs and traditions so that he wouldn't be needlessly offensive to the Jewish people. But Timothy was raised as a Greek. And yet he had a faith in the truth that he got from his grandmother. Now, Paul's ministry was roughly 30 years after the time of Jesus Christ. Not quite. Uh, Paul died in about 68, and so this is probably in the 50s A.D. when Paul meets Timothy and starts training him for the ministry. So we're twenty-two—I mean, 18, 20 years after the time of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. There's no way you can get three generations in 20 years, can you? So grandma's faith went back to the Old Testament times without a question. And again, this proves one of the great points of the Bible. Faith in the Old Testament brings me to faith in the New Testament. If my belief in the Old Testament doesn't bring me to the New Testament, I have a wrong understanding of the Old Testament. This unfeigned faith that dwelt in Grandma Lois in a wicked pagan culture was transferred to her daughter who married, best we can understand, one of those wicked pagans. And yet, that faith was able to be translated to her son who became one of the great Baptist preachers of all history. Isn't that an incredible testimony? I mean, Lois and Lamech are just about as opposite ends of the spectrum as you can get, are they not? Uh, But since they both start with L, we'll just try to catch them tonight, get some bad stuff and get some good stuff here. And uh, I've often had ladies say, listen, uh, you don't believe in lady preachers? And I always try to stop right there and say, listen... It's not me that doesn't believe in lady preachers. It's the Bible that says you can't be a lady preacher, all right? We're just trying to agree with the Bible. But where would Timothy have been without Grandma Lois and Mama Eunice? He wouldn't. He wouldn't have been. There is a great place of service, ladies, in keeping your faith sincere and unfeigned. And I'll tell you, the word unfeigned just simply means it doesn't have to be put on. It's not pretended. And yet, you've got to understand, it's hard for us to grasp the assault that was daily upon everything that Lois believed. Here she was living in modern day Turkey still. I mean, you go up in the mountains in Turkey and you can find people who are still worshiping Zeus and uh, Aphrodite and all of these things way back, all the way back to Babylon. I mean, that is a land that has forsaken truth for millennia. And uh, the greatest religion in the land of Turkey today is that of Islam. I mean, it's it is a bad place. You study the history of Turkey, and it's a history written in blood. I mean, these are some of the most vicious people that have ever lived on the face of the earth. Lois was married to one of them. How she got herself into that situation, the Bible doesn't tell us. But she kept her faith in the Bible which would have had to have been the Old Testament. And when she heard about Jesus, her faith in God brought her to Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in the book of Galatians that the law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. You cannot understand the Ten Commandments properly and not embrace Jesus Christ. By the way, that's what Sermon on the Mount is all about. Amen? We're working on that. And so, here we have Lois. All it tells us was that unfeigned faith dwelt in her first. She passed it on to her daughter. Her daughter passed it on to Timothy. And God brought the apostle Paul along who took Timothy and trained him for the ministry. What a wonderful testimony. Watch out for the lamings and try to be like Lois. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time tonight. We thank you for what's in your word. We thank you for the story of these lives. And Lord, we just ask that you would let us look a little deeper. Let us see some of the things that these dear saints, had to put up with, had to live around, and yet they still kept their faith. And Lord, encourage us to keep our faith and to pass that on in your name we pray.